Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Thursday, October the 27th. Ian Cameron, uh, Alex B. Smith, A. We were just uh, talking off the air yesterday how I hadn't missed a show all season, but Alex, the day after that, sure enough, stomach issues arise, and Alex under the weather today won't be able to join us today, but hoping to have Alex back with us tomorrow on the show. But we have another special guest joining me, and this is someone that has become not only a friend over these last several months, but a betting sounding board if you will exchanging opinions back and forth uh, both trying to get better breaking down the card he's been someone that we've gone back and forth with with opinions it's actually from winnipeg manitoba it's where he's living now it's actually in the toronto area earlier this week we uh, ended up going to a bar in uh toronto area watching monday night football a lot of the nhl games uh, having a lot of fun ripping players ripping coaches that's always uh, a lot of fun uh and he's uh someone that's uh becoming i think a better and sharper sports better and nhl better uh, day by day uh, the more we communicate back and forth he also played a little bit university hockey uh, many years ago uh, and you saw him actually on one of our couple of our bet casts uh, last year uh, during the uh, stanley cup playoffs keith grondon joining us today uh, on the ice guys show keith my friend welcome to the ice guys awesome happy to be here thanks ian yeah absolutely and uh just before we get into breaking down the card it's a huge card 10 games you did have a little bit of a playing background hockey related so tell everybody about that yeah so i'm uh, born and raised winnipeg um grew up playing double a AA and triple a i was fortunate enough to play three years junior um and then from there played four years cis uh, canadian university hockey in uh, lakehead thunder bay so that league there got a lot of exposure to Toronto in the GTA area. We were down there every two or three weekends. So go and play uh, Friday, Saturday night, and then have a little fun Saturday and uh, kind of roll out of bed um, if, if you did get some sleep on Saturday night to uh, make the Sunday flight home. Absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what, right now, uh, give, give us a little bit of the, because uh, uh, I know this very well from talking to you uh, many times, you are probably a persona non grata in the uh, city of Winnipeg among Winnipeg Jets hockey fans. <laughs> you are not a big fan of that team and the direction they are going in right now. Uh, speak a little bit about, uh, here's a chance for a Keith rant session. What is bugging Keith? They do this on TSN, actually. What's bugging Ray? They always did this with Ray Ferraro. What's bugging Keith? Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets are fucking bugging Keith. Uh, yeah. What is it about them that just doesn't make you too happy? Yeah, I just I don't think that they're putting together a team that's competitive and that actually has a chance to win. You look three or four years ago um, on the run that they went and I think they lost to was it Vegas or um, Nashville. And ever since then, they haven't quite been the same team. They haven't. I don't think they made the right moves. Um, you know, I don't think losing Truba or Myers was that big of a deal. Um, but you lose a guy like um, um, was it Shabbat or Sharat? Sharat. Yeah. that they lost um so good guy and then and i think up front like they just they haven't done anything they got rid of line a i don't think uh line a shifley and, and wheeler was was the line that they needed um so you know between that top six 
Like they, they have to get better chemistry going. Uh, if, if you look at how the Manitoba Moose play, which is their AHL team, um, it's the exact same system. It's get it down low, like under Maurice, get it down low, pass up the boards for a quick little one time on net. If they don't get any traffic in front, they're not really going to score. And now, I mean, with uh, with Rick Bonus, we'll see. I mean, I think his average goals for um, for all the teams that he's played with is like 1.2. Um, not actually, but uh, like not like high it. offensive in uh, in a league where like teams are scoring on average three or more goals. Um, I know he's more defensively sound. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you have to score to win. So you can't be winning games one nothing in this league. So it's, um, I mean, it, it's tough because when, when the team's doing well, the city's vibrating and all that, you go to the game now and it's, people are on the edge. They, you could tell that they kind of don't even want to be there. They, they, they have season tickets just because now. And um, yeah, so there's kind of a vibe in the city that it's like they should be doing a lot better. Like Chipman and the ownership group can be doing a lot better. I think he's more like a Terry Jones of the Dallas for the NFL. Like, super hands-on has to be involved in every single decision maybe a little bit on the micromanagement side and uh i mean this day and age like it's just it's not going to work you look at what tampa's doing you look at what um colorado's doing you're looking at what stevie y is doing like you know they're empowering their teams um their coaching staff you know working with the players developing good young talent coming up and i don't think the jets are really doing that like if you look at our pipeline like we don't have anyone good coming up so it's uh it's tough. It's it's. Cole Perfetti ain't doing that for you. Ain't doing it. No. What's yeah? Exactly. What's he gonna do? Unfortunately, like, <laughs> I mean, he's he's playing a hot a lot level or a lot better, higher level hockey than I am. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, he's not he's not gonna be your guy. He's not your franchise guy. He's not a Crosby, a Malkin, um, you know, a McKinnon, a Rantanen, an Ovechkin that you can kind of build teams around. So. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what uh, what uh, shakes out here, but um, yeah. So I don't even have them making the uh, the playoffs this year, realistically, in that in their division. So well, we actually agree on that. I didn't have them making the playoffs uh, either. I don't know if I nearly thought things were the uh, doom and gloom, you know, portrait that you're painting regarding the uh, Winnipeg Jets. But uh, I didn't think it was going to be the greatest of seasons for them. There was going to be some issues that defense too. I know bonus is going to try to get them to be more compact, tighter, better defensively. But at the same point in time, you know, you got to work with a team that struggled to keep the puck out of their net. So we'll see how that goes. They're actually in action tonight. So when we break down the card, we will mention it now uh, again. Um, with our guests that have been on for the first time. Now, he was uh, Keith was on the BetCast last year, but on the actual Daily Show for the first time. We try to find something from their hockey past that we can show everybody, and I thought for sure we wouldn't find anything for Keith oh, Rondon. I mean, he just played oh, university oh. hockey. I didn't think we'd find anything, but I said, what the fuck? I'm going to try. Type it in in YouTube. Keith Rondon, see what comes up. We actually did find something, believe no. it or not. <laughs> a little bit of Keith's handiwork from his university hockey days. So let's roll this. It's our veteran forward, oh, Keith Rondon. This Thunderwolves player profile is brought to you by Nutrition Corner and Country now, How long ago would this health. have been? This might have been my second year, I think. In the outdoor rinks are always packed. Um, every <laughs> or I guess week, fourth year. Weekend, there we go. Um, the rinks are always sold out. That's got to be, I'm guessing, what, 10 years ago? Games, um, just good overall community. Yeah, 2014, 2015, just under, eight, nine years ago. Growing up, I always knew I wanted to kind of go into So let's see these McDavid-like moves here but, right uh, now. Let's see that. Yeah. <laughs> finance dealt with more investments. Look at that. 
going to the tough areas of the ice. I always say, I always, Keith, say on this show, these players go to the front of the net. I always call them out and say, great job. That would enable me to play my fifth year here. Yeah, you're making me miss it now. How about the body parts? Are they still hanging in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still, uh, still playing some senior hockey, actually. Got a, our first game Friday night. It's Lakehead University, Thunder Bay, right? For the second half of the season when I was 19. And then um, my 20 year old year, I played in. Um, this is like the highlight reel. I mean, this is something you should be. You should have access to this here. You should always show people this. This is me and my absolute best here. Maybe even to the point where it's rattling some guys sometimes. But I think it's humorous. There's a couple of us that understand each other pretty good, and it's fun to joke around. It's probably huge. I mean, I, I know they're doing like a whole bi biopic on uh, you, biography and, and all these. What's hockey mean like to you? How'd you get into it? Yeah. That's awesome stuff, my friend. There you go. Back in the day. Uh, a wow. little Keith Brunner. There's the surprise right there. So Thank we you. did find something. Uh, it's 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 it on uh, YouTube about uh, Keith's uh, playing uh, days. Uh, how long has it been now since any sort of hockey you know like i mean i mean you probably you play rec hockey still obviously but yeah so after after i was done um i still like i had a younger brother and uh, my dad was coaching so i i helped out there i did a lot of development camp stuff in thunder bay in the area um then i was part of the AAA development program um putting that together and started doing a lot of player development stuff on ice and then uh 2017 i moved back to winnipeg um i think every year since then i've been playing senior hockey still so it's still three 20 minute periods full contact all that other stuff so i mean uh i'll keep doing it up until my body says i can so we'll see we'll see how uh, how that goes i could tell he was shook by that seeing that highlight clip and that video i speechless <laughs> no speech from our guy keith here uh, upon seeing that all right let's get our betting caps on we've got a huge thursday slate let's get to it we will start with the florida panthers taking on the philadelphia flyers we've got florida here minus 200 uh, road favorites six and a half being the total uh, in this game something's wrong with florida's uh right now they're just something's out of sync they're out of whack they're not uh, exactly playing uh you know great hockey at the moment uh no question about that how about the fact that this power play last year in the regular season was one of the best in the nhl but as we know uh, in the playoffs it went in this tank and really didn't do anything uh and all of a sudden we come into this season brand new head coach and paul maurice thought maybe a chance for this uh power play to improve well it really hasn't they've uh, haven't they haven't scored a power play goal uh, the Florida Panthers in seven of their first eight games, and the only game they did score a power play goal was the uh, two games that they uh, the two power play goals that they scored against Buffalo. So really, in the uh, six of their other seven games, they have not scored a power play goal. Their penalty kills given up uh, at least a goal in four straight games. Uh, the five on five offense has been kind of spotty so far this year uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. So uh, definitely some issues right now with the uh, Panthers. Uh, at the moment, not playing their best hockey. Philadelphia Flyers have gotten off to a surprising uh, start this year. A team that I thought could be the worst team in the East. They're 4-2, and two, uh, though, so far this year, although they did lose their most recent game, 3-0 at home uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, offense is still going to be, you know, uh, by committee 
is the best way to put it here for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, and uh, they're going to be a team that I think all season long going to be a little bit hard-pressed, a little bit challenged uh, to score goals here uh, moving forward. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, dent the uh, twine tonight against this Florida Panthers team. It is worth noting we do have a couple of things that are worth mentioning here on the Philadelphia side of things where we have two guys that are moving up the lineup a little bit here, some of it injury-related. Obviously, they're dealing with injuries. They haven't had Atkinson this year, JVR. James Van Riemsdyk was just put on IR by the Flyers. Sean Couturier's had another setback, uh, and now it looks like he won't be back anytime soon. So uh, this ends up being a game I'm passing from a side perspective. Um, but here's a shocker for you guys. I like the under in this game. That's right. Yeah, get, get the Q-tips out, people. Get the ear, wax out of your ears. You're not hearing things under for me in this game. Six and a half. I like it. Uh, I think you've got a Florida team that's having a tough time uh, scoring goals at this point in time. Uh, you look at it, just two against Chicago, and that was Alex Stalock in net. It's not like that's a Grant Fuhrer uh, in between the pipes. He only scored two goals there. 3-2 win under the total against the Islanders. 3-2 loss to Florida last week in overtime. That game stayed under, three straight unders. And we know Philadelphia doesn't want to get in any track meets with anybody. Not the way they play. Um, they definitely want to you know, keep it a little bit tighter, play good defense, commit to team defense. That's the way it's got wants to be. That's the way Tortorella wants it to be. And Carter Hart's played well in that, a product of the team buying into a defensive concept so far this season so i think this game stays under six and a half and you're certainly getting a good price i mean you got even money earlier in the day now we're actually starting to see some under money come in and i agree with it this definitely feels like a, a, a solid under spot and you're getting six and a half as well when it comes to the total prop wise it's not going to be a huge prop game for me but noah cates and owen tippett for the flyers moving up to the second line fit that angle that maybe from a goal score prop perspective, maybe you can sprinkle a few bucks on those two guys. Keith, what do you think in Florida, Philadelphia? Yeah, I think it's, you know, last year it was hammering Florida for overs um, the whole time. And then you have the Maurice effect coming in, right? Which, uh, you know, Jets don't didn't score a lot of goals. And it seems like if he's trying to implement that same system, it's not the same. I think them losing Huberto is huge because Barkov and Hubert. Huberto might have been the best, one of the best one-two combos in the league. You replace it with Kanchuk, a little bit different of a player. He's having some good success. I've been hammering him on shots over just because Barkov's that kind of playmaker. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, Philadelphia, like yourself, I didn't see them really coming coming much or, or having much to offer this year. Um, so they've kind of been a shock to me. I was actually looking at, you know, the next month out, and they're going to have a lot tougher games this, this upcoming um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, Florida, you go down and, and you lose to Chicago, which is probably still one of the worst teams in the NHL. Um, so, I mean, you know, you got to rebound off a game like that. So I, I would probably lean a little bit more on Florida. Um, but Philadelphia at home, you know, they've been good. Tortorella, again, not my coach of style. So I have, I have two coaches that I don't like coaching, coaching this game. But yeah, I, I agree with you on the under there. Philip. Philadelphia is going to play tough. Florida struggling, no power play action, and I mean it's not like they're getting, um, it's not like they're not getting any opportunities, right? In their last, you know, they're averaging probably four or five power play opportunities a game. So I mean, you know, special teams win games, and that's what's going to also create overs in for totals. Yeah, and Hayes as well. A good per point by Poe Buddies Nerfic. That's a good angle to go with for props. Players that get benched, you know, during a game, and it was during a game they were benched. 
uh, both of them. Uh, Kevin Hayes and uh, Travis Konechny uh, for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in that game against San Jose. Both of them in that 3 nothing loss. Torts wasn't happy with their compete level, their effort, their defensive you know, play away from the puck. And he said, sit your ass down. I mean, get used to that, boys. That's what you get with Torts. You're not playing up to his standard. He's going to put your put your ass on the bench. It's the way it is. And uh, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny uh, both experienced that against San Jose. They're both back in the lineup tonight. Uh, they're both going to be top line uh, on the top line again for the uh, Flyers, uh, along with Joel Farabee. So there you go, Konechny and uh, Hayes. If you buy into that, you know players always. That's sometimes a wake up call when you have that kind of uh, performance and you see you you get benched during a game. So. Uh, that could be something to look at with both Hayes and Konechny, the the angle of player returning to the lineup or returning at next game after being benched, uh, and or either scratched or benched. Sometimes you're scratched, you don't play the, in the previous game at all, and then in their case, they got benched during the game uh, against San Jose. And actually, we have an example of a guy that's been scratched lately uh, in another game that we're going to get to pretty soon as well in terms of a prop that I think might be worth a look tonight uh, in this in uh, that game. All right, so there we go. That's Florida Philly. Let's move on now to and speaking of the game, this is the game that I just mentioned that we're talking about that said player who's been scratched that's returning to the lineup. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo minus 180 to minus 190 now uh, as home favorites. Six and a half being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, as far as it goes here, I think I, I got to take a, a little shot here with Montreal. Even though I've been very, very supremely high on Buffalo, very, very impressed with the way they've played. There's no getting around the fact this is a brutal travel scheduling situational spot for Buffalo. How the NHL does this to teams, I have no fucking idea how you can do this to Buffalo. They just played Tuesday night in Seattle, final game of that very lengthy uh, swing through Western Canada and then Seattle, four games out west. And then you're going to give them not even 48 hours to fly back from Seattle, west to east, play this game less than 48 hours later at home with one day off in between. I mean, we can do better than that as schedule makers. Can we not? I mean, that, that that's just putting a team incredibly through the eight ball here uh, in this uh, game against Montreal. So I think Montreal could jump on Buffalo early. I split it up with the uh, first period and the full game uh, on the Montreal Canadiens here. Uh, first period money lines around plus 130 full game money line around plus 160 plus 165 i just think it's a tricky spot for buffalo here it is i think buffalo when all things are, are equal uh they're probably the better of these two teams right now the way they've started i like what i've seen from that young forward group uh i'm also concerned too with the injuries they have on the blue line two starting defensemen we've talked about this angle quite a bit and it's also what's gravitating me toward over six and a half in this game which is currently around minus 125 cluster injuries on the blue line you know it's a situation where um you know when that happens that's when breakdowns happen that's when more turnovers of the puck happen uh, and that's when more defensive mistakes happen uh, for uh, teams that have multiple starting defensemen out and for the buffalo sabers you'll be without matias samuelson uh, who's been put on ir and henry yokiharyu as well uh, added to the uh, injury reserve list here for uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres in this game. So all of a sudden, Lawrence, uh, uh, Pilot has to draw into the lineup. Casey Fitzgerald, two defensemen playing for the first time this year. Darlene, Labushkin, Power, and Bryson, uh, the top four defensemen here for the Sabres. 
so again, shakeups on the blue line. It's not exactly a good thing in terms of defensive continuity. We know up front they've been able to score goals. And the player I referenced in terms of being scratched for multiple games on the Buffalo Sabres road trip that is being put back into the lineup tonight uh, and is going to be on the second line for the Sabres, uh, it is going to be Peyton Krebs. That is who I am talking about. Peyton Krebs, I think a player that's going to be pretty good for the Buffalo Sabres long term, but obviously didn't have the start to the season he hoped for, that uh, the coaching staff was looking for, that the team wanted. And as a result, he sat out a couple of games on that road trip. Uh, he's now back uh, after being a healthy scratch, and he'll be slotted on the second line for the Buffalo Sabres tonight with Casey Middlestat and Victor Olofsson. I like that prop. I like players that are hungry, players, uh, you know, after, you know, being scratched. Now you're getting your opportunity, not only your opportunity, but in a top six forward role and an opportunity to really make an impact. So Peyton Krebs' goal scorer prop tonight is absolutely, in my opinion, worth a look. You know I would never talk you out of uh, Tage Thompson for Buffalo, who continues to just produce. Uh, I think J.J. Paterka, you know, even the games he does not score, you notice him, he's getting opportunities. But I think tonight that angle with Peyton Krebs moving up to the second line, getting an opportunity. Some books have him at plus 400, plus 385, plus 430. I mean, that's the kind of price range we're talking about tonight with Peyton Krebs to score a goal. And he's playing on the second line. He's, you know, wants to make an impact, wants to make a good impression after being a healthy scratch for the Buffalo Sabres on that road trip. So I think it's a great prop situation here with Peyton Krebs tonight for Buffalo. So Montreal first period, Montreal full game, uh, split bet for me there, uh, and also over six and a half, minus 125. And keep in mind, I grew up a Sabre fan. So no bias in my heart. No bias. You got to separate your bankroll and your fandom. You have to. And I don't think this is a good spot tonight for Buffalo. Maybe they proved me wrong. They are. I think they are better than Montreal, but there's no way this spot is better for Buffalo compared to Montreal. Keith, what do you think here? Habs, Sabers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, Buffalo's my team, and it's been an absolute grind over the last um, you know decade and a half. So it's I feel like every single year they just keep signing guys for three quarters of a million dollars, um, which kind of sucks because you're not you know you're not really establishing a, a good franchise. I heard the new ownership's a little bit different. They may not quite understand hockey, so there might be a learning curve there. Um, I actually like them coming home. I think they stunk in Seattle. You know, they played four games on. On the west coast um you know darlene and, and tuck are, are playing well um if you're looking to bet anything you can look at darlene and tuck maybe potentially first and last and anytime goal scorers right combined they have 11 goals um look at them for over probably two and a half shots as well uh, i i think those are good player props um but yeah I, I would side with with buffalo i i think you know they only got 16 or whatever shots last game you know they're typically up in and around 30. you can tell that they were a little bit uh kind of out to lunch there maybe a little bit tired on the west coast come back rejuvenate you're sleeping in your own bed getting getting a couple good meals and hopefully uh you know you get fired up playing in front of your home in, in front of your home fans tonight no question. So there you go. Uh, Keith liking the uh, Buffalo side here. Uh, Buffalo's better than Montreal. I'm pretty convinced of that. But yeah. I, I so they could still win this game. But I just hate I just hate this situation where you're just coming off the West Coast and you're uh, all of a sudden with the uh, uh, quick turnaround, like less than 48 hours to fly from Seattle all the way. You're flying from Pacific to Eastern time zone with just one day off in between games. That's brutal. 
It's absolutely yeah. But I mean, yeah. If you, well, if you look at from when they played Vancouver to Seattle, yep. they had two days off and then they played on the third night, right? So it's not like they were doing a three and four or you know a four and six that type of affair. So I think when we're looking in three and fours, that's typically on that third night you're going to see the opposing team win or at least have a better chance. And same with that four and six on that fourth night, in that fourth game. That's when it's like really tough to get up. Um, but no, I, I mean, you know, going from West Coast to East Coast, hopefully it's, I mean, it's just a straight shot flight for them, probably a couple hours. So they, they get home uh, late, uh, late after the game and see what happens. So Tricky spot. Maybe yep. Buffalo. Hey, as a fan, I'd be happy. Better I wouldn't be because I actually like Montreal tonight. And that tells you that it's just uh, – and at the price too. Now, the one caveat to all this is Montreal's winless on the road. Okay, they're 0-2 on the road. They haven't proven they can win away from the Bell Center. So that's something we've got to overcome if you like Montreal. But uh, I think they can maybe take advantage. That's why I also split it up because I think in the first period, Buffalo could be at their weakest. Yeah, you know, because of the fact that it's hitting the ice for the first time after that lengthy uh, road trip. Um, apparently, there's bag background. No, there isn't. Uh, I just listened. Out, there's nothing going on. There's no lawnmowers or anything going on outside my house. So it's it ain't. It may be Keith actually. That's where you're hearing the noises from, uh, in the uh, background. But uh, that's okay. Uh, it, you, you hear us well enough. That's uh, that's what matters. All right. Next up, we've got Minnesota and Ottawa. Uh, we've got the uh, Wild, minus 130 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, I ain't betting against Ottawa at home. It's just not going to happen. Um, they have a perfect home record, 4-0. Uh, obviously, the bad news uh, yesterday that Josh Norris will not only miss a significant time, but three to five months and maybe the entire season. DJ Smith says it's not totally ruled out that he, he may not even come back this year. Uh, for the Ottawa Senators. I mean, very unfortunate. 35-goal score uh, last year for the Ottawa Senators, second-line center. Uh, just was going to be such a critical component of the success of this hockey team uh, this year. And now you're taking that 55 points in 66 games from last season out of your lineup uh, for the Ottawa Senators. So very unfortunate for them. But I'll tell you what, they've been rolling on this homestand. Uh, this is the final game of this homestand uh, for the Ottawa Senators. And uh, look, this is one of those spots where you know what I've been on. If you've been watching the Ice Guys show throughout the season start to finish, you know that in these Ottawa home games, what have I been betting? I've been betting the Sens on the money line. I've been betting the Sens team total over. And I've been betting the full game over. And I'm going back to that again here tonight uh, against the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, in this game. Even though Minnesota's coming off probably their best 60-minute effort as a team, especially at the defensive end of the ice, I thought they played better, much better than they have uh, in previous games against Montreal. Uh, but I think it's going to be a little bit tougher here against this uh, still very potent Ottawa Senators team. And this is a very, very good uh, spot uh, situation here for some props with both sides. Because I think this is going to be a higher event game uh, between these two teams where we should see some goals back and forth. Flurry, by the way, and Forsberg uh, are going to be the goaltenders here for this game. Uh, I should point out it's Sam Montembeau and uh, Eric Comrie, the goaltending matchup for the uh, Montreal Buffalo game as well but this is a good prop game there's a bunch of props that i like here so uh uh in front of, let's start on the minnesota side um rossi and boldy rossi and boldy on that second line i think they're both good goal props rossi's getting a second line center opportunity matt boldy's got three goals and three assists this year uh for the minnesota wild in six games uh, i think you're going to end up seeing both of them make an impact uh, offensively uh tonight uh so and you're, and you're getting value again 
uh, compared to like you again you can take Matt Zuccarello because he's just been rolling early in the year for the uh, Wild, but you're only going to get plus two hundred for him. And you know me, that beef tenderloin is twelve bucks a pound somewhere else. I want it at six bucks a pound elsewhere. As I said on yesterday's show, I want the bargain bin. I want the good price. I want those situations where we'll get better prices. And with Matt Boldy, we'll get plus two fifty compared to Zuccarello, which is uh, only plus two hundred. With Rossi. Uh, you can get him in some spots plus 570 to score a goal, and he's going to be your second-line center uh, here tonight for the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild in this game between Boldy and Marcus Foligno. Uh, so it's a great prop situation for the Minnesota side. And then on the Ottawa side tonight, in terms of player props that I'm very much interested in, we're going to ride that Pinto again. It's a beautiful car. It really is. It treats me well. It's a luxurious feeling whenever I ride the Pinto. And I'm going to do that again tonight uh, with Shane Pinto for the Ottawa Senators, who has now scored goals in five consecutive games for the Ottawa Senators. They are not moving him up to the second-line center spot tonight uh, in lieu of the injury to Norris. They're going to keep him on that third-line center spot because of the chemistry that he's had uh, on that line, but it hasn't impacted his ability to find the back of the net, which he has been able to do in five straight games for the Ottawa Senators. And at plus 330, Plus 360 at Caesars for Pinto uh, to score a goal. I'm on that. And I'm also on the old veteran who is going to fill that second-line center spot for the Ottawa Senators tonight in the absence of Josh Norris. Derek Broussard, who actually scored when he took over that second-line center position in the game against um, Dallas uh, in the uh, last game for the Ottawa Senators. He scored a goal moving on up to that second-line center spot. So, again, this is a guy that had not gone... Uh, with a goal in a long period of time. It had been a lengthy drought for Derek Broussard, now 35 years old. Uh, he was a healthy scratch in the first five games of the season for the Ottawa Senators, but then, bam, Josh Norris goes out, shoulder injury, up goes Derek Broussard to the second-line center spot. What happens? He scores a goal, his first of the season, after moving up to the second-line center spot against Dallas uh, in the Senators' last game, and it's a great, great price to take advantage of that he's moved up the lineup he's going to be in that second line center spot playing obviously with good players Claude Giroux Alex Dabrinkit absolutely a chance to score a goal plus 425 is the uh, uh, penultimate price you can get with Derek Broussard at some books uh, to score a goal tonight so this is a prop bargain bin bonanza for yours truly when it comes to this Minnesota Ottawa game and I think it'll be a high event game lots of chances uh, lots of opportunities for both teams to find the back of the net. So for me, it's the same bets. Ottawa, money line, team total over, and over six and a half for the full game as well. Keith, what are you thinking here, Wild Senators? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a unique matchup. I think the Wild had a really tough schedule to start the season, right? I mean, the total here, I think, is a no-brainer to, to blow it over between both these teams. Like, they're both just over machines. They're both scoring goals. Um, and I think Wild are finally starting to win. So I would lean a little bit more on the Wild side. Um, you know, Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello last two games haven't been at their best. So, I, you know, it's only a matter of time till that line starts getting going. Um, you know, Debrinkat's a shooting machine. So look at him for shots. Look at Kachuk for shots. Um, it, it's interesting. I have a love-hate relationship with Giroux because he can be so good. Um, but also, too, he can be kind of, just fading at different times, right? So it's it's important for him to kind of keep playing, um, you know, getting a little bit older, hometown. Um, so I'm sure he's uh, 
he's loving that. But at the same time, too, he has a job to do on the second line. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would lean wild over for sure. Look at some of those props. I think Kaprizov uh, over on shots um, as well. Typically, I think he's around three and a half. You can get decent value there. All right, good stuff. Uh, so liking some props, some shots on goal props and agreeing with the over here, Keith, for this uh, Minnesota and Ottawa game. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with Alex Debrink. Alex Debrink, it's never a bad option to score a goal. The problem is, you know what you're going to get the most, the, the best price you're probably going to get with him is probably plus, and I'm seeing it now, plus 175. You yeah. Know, a lot of books have him plus 140. I mean, that's that doesn't tickle the bargain bin uh, parameters for me. But I understand. I mean, he's obviously a great player, can score any given night. Uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators, no question about that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to these, I'm I'm looking for more of those, again, the situations where odds makers have not priced a player adequately. Debrinkit's priced adequately, no question. Yeah. I mean, top six forward, everyone knows his ability to score goals. Whereas you look at a guy like Derek Broussard moving up to the second-line center spot tonight, you know, he's not being priced adequately. You know, plus 450 in some spots. Shane Pinto. Who I talked about. He scored now in five straight games. Again, he's not being priced adequately. Plus 350, some books, for a guy that scored in five straight games for the Ottawa Senators. Those are the value prices I'm looking for. When it yeah. To well, and, and I would say, too, like if, if, if you want, look at uh, first and last for the team. And if you think that Brinkat's going to score, I mean, if you look at yep. first, I think he's plus 375. And if you look at last, I think he's plus uh, four. 400 um so look at those because you know for those kind of guys to score the first goal or the last goal empty netter like just think of the situations that, that they're going to be in um or power play stuff right like if they get an early power play they could score right off right off the get-go and it's just on their own team so look at those options as well absolutely uh, i think that those are good bets i know you uh, looked at them in the nfl Last touchdown score, first touchdown score. Yeah. Same thing can apply here. You can get better. I mean, it's 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 you got to hope. I mean, it's kind of like a lottery ticket because you know it's just the first goal of the game, the last goal of the game. But at least you're going to get a better price with someone like an Alex Debrinkit if you go uh, that route with it. All right, we got Detroit and Boston, uh, original six matchup here. We've got the Bruins minus two fifty home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. <sighs> Don't be shocked. If you're looking at this final score at 10:30 Eastern time tonight, and Detroit wins three to two, that's all I'm saying. Don't be shocked by that uh, going into this game. There are some things that we need to discuss with Boston. They're off to a terrific start, better than we expected. Six and one overall, five and zero oh at home. They have actually been undefeated here at TD Garden uh, this year. Uh, they're playing good defense. They're getting good goaltending from Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Although especially from Linus Allmark, uh, who hasn't been uh, in net, uh, who's been in net for most of the games, including uh, each of the last two victories for the uh, Boston Bruins. But here's the thing that I worry about in spots like this. You're rolling along, and it is Swayman, by the way, who's going to be in net tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, one and one, oh, 5.4 goals against average. Let's keep that in mind for uh, Swayman uh, here. Uh, and he started against Arizona, gave up three goals, and then he had the six goals he allowed to Ottawa uh, in that game that they lost to the Senators. So you know, let's calm down a little bit with, you know, Jeremy Swayman here at the moment. Here's the thing that bothers me. You're rolling along. You're playing terrific. Six and one, five and oh, you've overcome a glut of injuries, a glut of injuries so far this year for the uh, Boston Bruins. You had uh, Charlie McAvoy still out. 
You had Grizzlick out for a few games to start the year. Brandon Carlo ended up on the IR. You haven't even had Brad Marchand back yet until tonight, where it looks like Brad Marchand will indeed uh, make his regular season debut uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. What a incredible healer i mean what a, did moses cure him or something or uh, like for some bible character did they just uh, put their hands over brad marchand you're cured or some shit i don't know but this is incredible that brad marchand is back already uh, because he was scheduled initially to return after thanksgiving so we're talking late november early december before we fucking see brad marchand back on the ice and now here he is back on october the 27th it really is incredible uh, going into this game that uh, Brad Marchand's back this quickly. But here's the thing. I've seen this happen for years in hockey. They get the big star back or one of the top players back. Everybody relaxes. It, you know, it, jam, it jams up the chemistry that's, you know, all of a sudden permeated for Boston these last few games. They have to, uh, J- Jim Montgomery has to switch up the lineups now uh, and the line combinations because Brad Marchand is coming back. Line combinations that even in his absence have worked the Boston Bruins here uh, the last few games. Um, and it's it's a spot where I've seen teams lose repeatedly. This is not just a one-off. This is not just, oh, it happens once in a blue moon. This has been multiple times during the course of a season. Every the teams, Especially when the team's playing well prior to getting that big player back. And the Bruins were playing well prior to Brad Marchand coming back tonight. And then all of a sudden they get Brad Marchand back. Again, Montgomery is switching up the forward lines for this game tonight. You look at what they're going to be rolling with here, the Boston Bruins. Uh, they're, they're, they're bringing Marshawn right away back with Bergeron and DeBrusque. Uh, that's you know, with and they're putting up, they're keeping Pasternak, Krejci, and Hall together. But now Marshawn all of a sudden up to the top line where Zaka had been before, and now Zaka falls to the third line to play with Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick. You know, all of a sudden you've got significant chemistry that's disrupted. Chemistry of a team that's five and one so far, or six and one this year, that it's been working uh, for them. So I worry that we're going to just see this team, I don't know, something out of sync tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. That's number one. Number two is I only had the Bruins a minus 180 favorite because everybody knows I'm higher on Detroit than the betting markets. I've always had my own money line prices in my head better than what Detroit than what we've seen available in the betting markets. To me, I think Boston should be. Minus 180 to minus 200 in this game. It shouldn't be this high. Minus 250 uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. I know the Red Wings stunk against New Jersey uh, in their last game, 6-2 to two, uh, in that game losing. And they've lost three of their last four games. Lost in overtime to L.A., lost in overtime to Detroit, and, and then the six, or Chicago, rather. And then they lost 6-2 to New Jersey. The only win was 5-1 against Anaheim. So, yeah, they've had some issues winning games, but... That game against New Jersey, Nadelkovich was in net. I think it's going to be Huso. Not confirmed yet, but I'm expecting Billy Huso to be in net. And right now he's starting to, I think, establish himself as the better of the two options right now for Detroit. Two goals against average, 939 save percentage, a 2-0-1 record uh, when he has started this year uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. This is a price play for me. Bruins are laying too much here in this spot, and I worry about the chemistry being all fucked with Brad Marchand back. You would think they're better with Marchand back. They should be. You know, you're thinking, what are you talking about? How do you not think the Bruins are a better hockey team with Brad Marchand back? Long term, they are. First game back, when the team's winning, feeling good about themselves, the chemistry's working, and all of a sudden you plug this guy back into the lineup, it can disrupt things for one game 
Don't be shocked if Detroit slides. And other than that New Jersey game, they've been playing teams tough this year. Detroit, for me here, uh, plus 210. I'm going to take the shot as a big dog in this one. Uh, what do you think, Keith? Red Wings, Bruins. Oh, man, I think I'm against you all day today. Um, no, I, I honestly, you look at that top six and you look at how the Bruins play structure-wise, like even though they have a new coach this year, I think just like that original six feel and the culture that I get from Boston, and, and I mean, I've been to a, a few games as well just because I've been down there for work and whatnot, and it's just like you can just feel it. Like those same top six guys – they play the same way. It doesn't really matter who the coach is. And I think they are, they're able to kind of dominate through and through within. And they're good mentors for, for the younger guys coming up, right? So I think Marshawn, you know, I don't always agree with some of the weird stuff that he does. But he's a good he's a good player. He works hard. He's in good shape. He's training with some of the best players in, in, in the league right now. Um, so that's probably how he uh, he probably went on the Gary Robert, Roberts diet there and and uh, sped it up a month or something. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like as far as the game, I, I think I think Boston continues to roll. Um, I don't see any flaws in their game at all. Uh, you know, as far as like over under, I would definitely look at, uh, at the over here. Both teams are just scoring at will. Um, you know, maybe look at Hall scoring a goal. Like for, like we have to think too, like Bergeron, Marshawn, and, and DeBrus, they're going against the top D. Right, so if you have Hall, Pasternak, and Krejci on the second line, they're probably going against that second pairing. So you can look at Hall, Hall to potentially score. Um, look at some of these assist props too, because when these guys are scoring, it's the whole line that's getting. Not a lot of D are getting assists on this team, um, so you can you can find some good value on assist props there. Um, on on Detroit side, maybe look at Larkin. I think he's kind of the one that stood out for me on my side uh, for Detroit. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm Boston and uh, and the over. All right, Boston and over six and a half as well. In this, I actually lean over as well. I mean, I cashed an over with Detroit against uh, New Jersey. Uh, the, thing, the thing is with the goaltending matchup in, in terms of the total, Huso I think is better than Nedeljkovic at the moment, but I think Swayman actually might be a little bit worse than uh, Allmark at the moment. Allmark's been terrific so far this year for Boston. Swayman's well, given up six and three in the two starts he's made nine goals in two games combined so yeah and I think like that's a sore spot for me because I think Allmark's a really good goalie and I think Buffalo didn't give him enough of a chance there um and now uh Boston's reaping the rewards clearly yeah he's played well five and oh as a starter uh this yeah. year for the uh, Boston uh, Bruins no question uh, about that <laughs> I had to show that comment from C Bills because it's true I remember those games last year for Colorado Playing well without McKinnon or McCarr, and they come back and they lose the first game. You know, I'm I'm, I'm saying that's a possibility for Boston tonight. It very well uh, could happen. By the way, pro- <laughs> excuse me, props uh, for this game. There are a few uh, that I like. Um, obviously, Marshawn's back in the lineup. Could he score first game back? Yeah, but uh, you know, you're you're, you're still not going to get the bargain. Uh, it's Brad Marshawn, right? I mean, you're, you're going to get him priced like it at plus yeah, one forty. Yeah, that's, uh, those are tough props for me to bet when the win i'm all, all i'm getting is plus 140 what i am looking at though is on the detroit side tonight in this game um joe valeno up to the second line with cop and raymond for them tonight joe valeno and a guy that i believe in the last game scored for uh detroit plus 650 in a couple of books for him to score a goal tonight and he's on the second line for detroit plus 650 
fifty. Now that is a, that is the ultimate bargain bin right there. That's something that gets me excited when I see that. Plus six fifty. Joe Valeno, Detroit, on that second line tonight to score a goal for them, um, and also Dominic Kubalik, who is going to be on the top line. This is actually one of the and you would think Dominic Kubalik top line. He's really rolling right now for the Red Wings offensively, uh, playing great. I believe he's on a multi-game consecutive goal-scoring streak right now. Yes, three straight games with a goal for Dom Kubalik of the Detroit Red Wings, playing on that top line with Dylan Larkin uh, and David Perron, and plus 300 in a couple of books for him to score a goal tonight for the Red Wings. Dominic Kubalik, plus 300 at Caesars, plus 290 at FanDuel. Uh, plus 260 at Bet MGM, 280 at Pinnacle, and uh, you're, uh, most books have it in that plus 280 to plus 300 range right now for Dominic Kubalik to score a goal. That's that's tremendous value for a guy that's on the top line and a guy that has now scored in three straight games. So those are some really good props that I think that stand out that are worth a sprinkle in this game tonight. Blues Predators as we move along here. Nashville minus 170, home favorites, six the total in this game. I know they played last night, so it's a second of a back-to-back game uh, for on the for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Second of back-to-back games for them after a three-one loss to Edmonton. I actually thought they played well enough to win. You know, they had chances, they had opportunities uh, in the second and third period last night. But Stuart Skinner just had a terrific game uh, in net for the uh, Edmonton Oilers last night. He was absolutely terrific, and we'll get more on the Skinner tangent when we talk about Edmonton uh, later on in the show. But he was great, and St. Louis. If, if you're the Blues, you can't be mad at the effort. You know, you actually carried the play for a large part of that game uh, against Edmonton, but you just couldn't find the back of the net. You got to tip your cap to Stuart Skinner. He played a good game for the uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. But back-to-back situation for the Blues. You look at their schedule. Uh, they have not played a back-to-back this year. So, again, the first month of the year, especially when you've not had a lot of these situations, when you played on back-to-back nights, I don't say it's, wow, they're really going to be fatigued. Wow, they're really going to be gassed. Wow, they're really going to be tired going into this uh, game tonight. I don't see it that way uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. The, the thing that would concern me more is that they played three games on the road, they come back home for one game, and now they're going back on the road again. You know, that's what's more concerning than the back-to-back, especially because it's their first of the year. Uh, Nashville's struggling. I can't lay a price with this team right now. They've lost five in a row. Their only two wins of the year were the two wins they got against the San Jose Sharks with um, in Prague, uh, Chechia, to begin the season. Those two games over in Europe. That's it. That's it. Uh, so this team is not playing very good hockey right now. I don't know what's happened with them defensively even. I mean, they've given up five to Dallas, four to L.A., five to Columbus. It was a horrible, uh, I think, second half of that game where Columbus just lit it up against this team. And then, yeah, they tightened it up a little against Philly, and now all of a sudden you overcompensate for your defensive woes, and now all of a sudden your offense dries up, and you end up losing 3-1 to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So this team's just not in a good way to lay a price with, at least for me right now, uh, in terms of this Nashville team. Uh, we don't have the goalie confirmations yet for this game, but we expect Saros in net, who's not been at his absolute best. 3.03 goals against average, 894 save percentage, 1-3 record. You would think Grice will be in net tonight for St. Louis on the second of the back-to-back games. I'm not a big Grice fan. That does bother me a little bit if I'm going to get involved with St. Louis. But man alive, I'm leaning St. Louis here. 
uh, in this game. I know he started at Winnipeg uh, earlier this week. They lost that game 4-0, shut out by the uh, Jets. Not a big Bryce fan. Uh, I get that, but uh, it's just a situation where St. Louis, they've been at plus 150 back-to-back, but off a loss, uh, it would be the side I'd lean with. Uh, I might put a couple bucks. Nothing significant, but I, I'd still put a couple bucks on St. Louis and just continue this anti-fade of Nashville, or this fade of Nashville, this anti-Nashville sentiment uh, until things uh, change. As far as the uh, props go, close shave Barbashev. I talked about it yesterday. Uh, Ivan Barbashev for the St. Louis Blues. He is a guy that has been moved up to the top line, and we got robbed completely of him uh, cashing a goal prop against Edmonton. Skinner robbed him a couple of times in that game. He could have easily scored. Uh, I think Ivan Barbashev's worth another shot tonight to score a goal. You're going to get, again, a guy on the top line right now for the St. Louis Blues at an incredible price to score a goal tonight. Uh, once again in that plus 300 range. Yeah, plus 350 in some spots. Are you kidding me? Are you shitting me? Plus 350. Guy on the top line. Guy that could have had a goal or two last night for the St. Louis Blues. So that's a great prop bet there once again. Hopefully tonight he's rewarded uh, and able to find the back of the net. There is one for Nashville, actually, that I am looking at here tonight for this uh, game. Let me just see if I can find it here. I believe someone was moving up to the top two lines tonight for them. Just Cody Glass, that's who. Yeah. Cody Glass uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. It's going to be on the second line center spot uh, tonight for them. Uh, an opportunity to make an impact playing with uh, Granlin uh, on that second line. Granlin and Niederreiter. Uh, it looks like still Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, but that's the one I'm interested in for uh, Nashville. Cody Glass moving up. Second line uh, opportunity for him. Plus 500 in some spots to score a goal. Oh, that bargain bin's humming today. Hopefully we get some great specials at the bargain bin of goal scorer props tonight in the, on this NHL card. What are you thinking here, Keith, St. Louis, Nashville? Yeah, so I think it's uh, it's an interesting spot. Um, I thought Nashville would be a lot better than what they have been this year. I mean, if you look at uh, Roman Yossi, who's like one of the heartbeats of, of, their, of their team, he has one assist in seven games, right? Um, you know, typically he's a, he's a shots over machine. Um, but just things aren't clicking. Forsberg only has four points. Um, you, you know, I've been high on St. Louis the beginning of the year, obviously the last two games, uh, they started to slow down a, a little bit, but you look at like Shen, um, look at him for over half an assist. I think it's still plus 120 on that side. Um, that, that whole line is, is is doing pretty good. I've been riding Cairo on shots, you know, giving up a little bit, but for a guy that I think last night was his first game he missed. Um not not a bad not a bad play. If you look at if you look at player assists for um Roman Yossi, I, I would take him under. Um Granlin, if if you want to take him over on assists, you can do that as well. Um, again, highly recommend taking Shen over assists. He's playing on, on the first line there. Um, but yeah, so I, I, St. Louis. Oh, and then also back-to-back games for St. Louis, I think under. Again, good defensively sound. Nashville's not really scoring much. I don't even know if they'll be able to capitalize on them. Um, so I'd lean more St. Louis, but definitely hit the under on this game. All right, there you go. Some props. An under prop. That's right. Did you hear that? Again, get the, get the Q-tips out. Make sure you not you get the wax out of your ears. Make sure you heard that. An under 
was recommended for a player prop, I think for the first time on this show, believe it or not, by Keith just now on Yossi under assists. And he's also liking the under uh, in the game. All right, next up, Edmonton, Chicago. We've got the uh, Oilers here, minus 215 road favorites, six and a half uh, the total uh, in this game. Great road win by Edmonton last night. Uh, uh, they were the, 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 the bet that saved my night because obviously Tampa Bay Anaheim over fell agonizingly short in that 4-2 uh, final score for Tampa last night. But Edmonton got it done for me around a minus 110, minus 115 price. Uh, they get the 3-1 win uh, over the St. Louis Blues. Very good effort from uh, uh, Skinner. And that was terrific for the uh, Oilers. Uh, and I never get that never gets old. I never get tired of doing that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Stuart Skinner, absolutely outstanding. And if you listen to Jay Woodcroft in the postgame, you, if you don't think, if you don't think there's a goalie controversy going on right now, in oil country, you need your head examined, all right? You need brain surgery or something. You need to realize we've got ourselves a goalie controversy now. This guy was just gushing all over Stuart Skinner after that game, saying, oh, I just knew it. I put him in because I I, I want to win the game. And I don't know if that's a shot against Jack Campbell that Jay Woodcroft said it like that, but he did say it. If you go back and listen last night, that's what he said. He said, I put Stuart Skinner in because I, I think he can win us the game. But does that mean you don't think Jack Campbell can win you the game? Now, I don't know if he meant it like that, but clearly, and this is a guy that's had a track record with Jay Woodcroft. Stuart Skinner for years was Jay Woodcroft's goaltender in the AHL. All right, all these years that he was down there with the minor league team. Uh, so all of a sudden, they've got that history. He sees Stuart Skinner rise to the occasion, play like that. So the pressure now goes to Jack Campbell for the Edmonton Oilers, who's going to get the start tonight against Chicago. He's got to really start playing better. And, and I don't want to put all the blame on Campbell, you know, because in these games that he's started, this team has been piss poor at times defensively in front of him. So it's not fair to put all the blame on Jack Campbell for what's going on with him early in the season. But there's no question he does have to play a little bit better and what we have seen so far uh, early in the season. And we'll see if that will happen tonight against Chicago. But I'm telling you what, uh, I took Edmonton last night. I am not back. I am not back on them tonight. Not on a back-to-back. <laughs> not against a Chicago team that's got some – look, they didn't get the memo that they're supposed to suck They're not because they're not playing like it right now. Uh, they are 4-2. and two. They haven't, They've won every game on this current homestand at the United Center. 3-0, and oh, wins against Detroit, Seattle, and Florida. <laughs> Offense is rolling, uh, uh, 13 goals uh, in the three games uh, during this homestand for the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, they found ways to uh, get the uh, job done. Four straight wins overall uh, for the Blackhawks. Very impressed uh, with what, I, what I've seen. It was a yeah, two-point effort uh, from Patrick Kane in the win uh, over Florida uh, the other night. Uh, Kane said it's a good group in here, good guys, good feeling. As far as having that underdog mentality, there's really nothing to lose in here. And hopefully we can start filling up the building again. Everyone can get excited about this team and where we can go. Um, that's good for now. I mean, I, I still say come back in three months and let's see where Chicago is. Uh, but right now they're pl- they got the confidence, so it's tough to go against them here. I don't know if I'm going to take the plus price uh, necessarily with Chicago. I'm going to do a split bet here. Full game over, six and a half. Because I do think you'll see Edmonton, the one thing about them is sometimes when they play a lower scoring game and a game that's a little tighter, it rarely do they play that kind of game two games in a row. Look at the game we saw against um, 
was last week. There was a game, St. Louis Edmonton over the weekend, right? It was two nothing yeah. St. Louis in Edmonton, yeah. and I say they don't play a tight, low scoring, defensive, you know, well checked game two days in a row, two games in a row. The next game against Pittsburgh, they play after that St. Louis game. What happened? Track me up and down the ice. We were watching the game at the bar, Keith and I, the other night. Edmonton Pittsburgh, up and down, up and down the ice uh, on Monday night, and it ended up being an Oilers win uh, in that game, six three, I think it ended. So. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like the over a bit. And I also like Chicago team total uh, over here. Two and a half. Two and a half for the uh, Blackhawks team total. For a team that's, again, 5-4-4, four, four, the three home games. 13 goals over the three home games. So I think they can get over that team total. Only at two and a half, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Keith, what do you like in Oilers-Blackhawks? Yeah, so I think back-to-back's always always an interesting play a little bit. Um, you know, St. Louis to Chicago isn't too far, so you don't really have to worry about too much travel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chicago at home, like you said, we're, I'm, I was thinking this team's going to be one of the uh, basement teams of the league. Um, kind of surprising us. We'll see what happens. Typically, teams that do well before Christmas may not have the same consistency after, um, so they'll be to be determined. I like them at home tonight. I don't think I would take anything. I like the over based off of the amount of goals that they're scoring. And just with Edmonton, um, the game being under yesterday, not a big props guy. But uh, for either of these teams, um, I just find Dreisaitl and McDavid, uh, typically they're one and a half on assists and and points there. Um, You never know what you're going to get shots-wise with these guys. Uh, Chicago, I mean, when Max Domi is your top centerman, that's that's tough. Like, I, I don't see him being a top two center um, on any team in any league. So, like, that's tough. Um, it, it, it sucks that Johnny Taves is, is number two to him. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But definitely like the over here more than anything else. Kind of stay away from the props and go from there. There's another elevated role player. Well, first of all, the Nuge which I mentioned on yesterday's show, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, up to the top line, cashes in yesterday, plus 300, scores the eventually, what ended up being the game-winning goal against St. Louis. He's up on the top line again tonight with McDavid, so I'm back on the uh, Nuge train tonight just because of the price, plus 300 for a top-line player. That's a no-brainer for me when it comes to goal score prop, when I get a price like that on a top-line player. And for Chicago, here's one that's really under the radar. I mean, certainly Max Domi, talked about him uh, from goal scorer prop standpoint. Taylor Radish is actually starting to maybe get things going on the second line for Chicago. Uh, He scored now two goals in the last four games, so I wouldn't mind Taylor Radish prop either for Chicago. But I'm going to go with Jujark Kara for the uh, Blackhawks here. Jujark Kara is someone that we think of as a third and fourth line guy, but he's been elevated to the second line. He actually scored against Seattle. Uh, over the weekend he's playing with good players Jonathan Taves Taylor, Taylor Radish on that second line he's honestly on the second line and Jujar Kerr is more of a physical forechecking drop gloves every now and then type player don't think of him as a goal scorer but man he scored a couple games ago he's getting minutes now second line tonight is where he's slotted in for this game tonight and you can get Jujar Kerr here tonight to score in some books at plus 650 plus 650 plus 675. I mean, it's swinging for the fences. I get it. But he hits one goal. Uh, he gets one goal tonight, and then I could lose a few of these player props, these goal score props, and still be okay for the night if one of these hits at plus 650 or plus 655. And he's a former Oiler. Bingo, Zane Risk. Exactly. So you've got not only the moving up the lineup prop angle with the goal score market, 
You've also got the playing his former team angle, which always gets everybody fired up to make an impact, right? So, yeah, Jujar Kara for me on the second line for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Or not for the Edmonton Oilers, for the Chicago Blackhawks, formerly uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. I think it's plus, plus 675. Uh, second line, playing his old mates. I mean, man, it's a delicious broth. Win or lose, I mean, I think it's an absolutely uh, worth the risk uh, type uh, of look. All right, next up, we've got Washington and Dallas. Uh, we've got uh, Washington, or sorry, Dallas, minus 120 home favorites. Uh, six the total, actually five and a half is the total now uh, in some spots uh, going into this game. I'm going to take a small stab on the over just because of where this number is now. I mean, this is becoming uh, the way of the dodo bird in terms of the NHL betting markets with totals of five and a half these days. I mean, we've seen a lot of these games, you know, six and a half, uh, for the most part, maybe the odd six, but rarely the last, I would say, several days have we seen a five-and-a-half total. But we've got one here with uh, Washington and Dallas. Dallas coming off a road trip. I can see them being a little bit sloppy tonight. I mean, it's just been – when you've been playing on the road, you come back home, you sometimes have these miscues uh, with the puck that you know creep into your game a little bit more. Uh, I could see that here for the Stars. Uh, they ended the road trip not on the greatest uh, uh, footing, uh, losing back-to-back to Ottawa and Boston. Uh, they'll be looking to rebound here, the Stars back home. Uh, I'm going to pump the brakes on fading Washington for the time being. I mean, they have won four of their last five. Uh, I keep thinking that if Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't shit the bed the other night with for New Jersey against them, then uh, New Jersey could have won that game because I thought they outplayed uh, Washington significantly. But the fact remains, you know, he – uh, he didn't play good, and Washington was able to take advantage, and they had some defensive issues in front of them. Darcy Kemper and Jake Ottinger, by the way, uh, the goaltending matchup here for this game uh, between these two teams. You've got a lot of injuries, too. We know Haglin, Wilson, and Connor Brown uh, and Backstrom, of course, all remain out for Washington. Miro Haskinen, day-to-day for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, going into this game. This is actually a game where I don't have too much in terms of the props. Uh, everything looks well-priced. Uh, you know, you've got guys that are staying in the same line, uh, you know, or same position, same line combinations that we saw the last game. There's really not a whole lot of change uh, either way. But I will go with one for Dallas, and I'm going to go back to the well. And Turnsy knows him very well, this player. Played for his Windsor Spitfires uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Wyatt Johnston. He's playing on the third line, but he has made an impact. 19-year-old kid, straight out of junior, right into the show with the Dallas Stars, and here he is in seven games with three goals, one assist, and four points, and goals in back-to-back games for the Dallas Stars. Wyatt Johnston, uh, this is the guy to keep an eye on right now for them, and you can get his player prop tonight at another terrific price for a guy that scored in back-to-back games uh, for the uh, Stars. We're talking, uh, here we go, plus 370. Good price, Wyatt Johnston. All right, what do you think here, Heath Capital Stars? Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting one because Washington's not what they used to be, but they're scoring a ton of goals lately, um, and and they have a decent record. Um, Dallas again, I expect more. Like to see Jamie Ben kind of where he, where his career is. Like I think he's maybe averaging fourteen minutes a game. Sagan, who was supposed to be like an NHL franchise superstar, has just been kind of hiding out in between the weeds down there. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like the over here. Um, the only thing is can Dallas score? That's where I see some of the struggles are, especially coming off, uh, that road trip. 
Um, one thing that I do like, Joe Pavelski, plus 120 over two and a half shots. Um, I think that's some definite good value there. And then if you look at Robertson and uh, Hintz, both over um, both over half an assist there, I think that's good. I think that line is probably like, if you want to play Pavelski to get any time goal, definitely. Um, but Hintz plus money, so it's going to be plus 150 over an assist. Robertson is plus 25, 125 over on an assist. I would look at those kind of player props. I've been playing those guys throughout the year um, for the last couple of games and stuff like that. Again, they're not going to hit every game, but when they do, you're, it's always plus money. But that's that's what I look for uh, with the player props. Definitely plus prices, and I think you've got the opportunity in a lot of games on this card for plus prices with uh, props, whether they're goal scores, assists, points, or shots on goal. And again, that Pavelski actually plus number with the shots on goal. Uh, pretty yeah. good price there that you found with that. Vancouver and C is this the night for the Kasaks? Or sorry, I should say the Canucks. Uh, we've got Seattle minus 125 uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm tempted to take Vancouver. I am. This is the first time during this miserable run that I've been tempted to take Vancouver because they're now a dog. You know, they're they're now in a spot where, you know, everybody's just given up on them questioning the GM Patrick Alvin about whether he's going to keep this team afloat, whether he's going to fire Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, it's just, it feels like now, and now they get to get away from this, the, this rat race, if you will, this circus in and around Vancouver where they're, you know, the media and the locals are all disgruntled, upset fans throwing jerseys on the ice in the home games. Now they get to get away from all the noise, block it out, go on the road, face Seattle and maybe come together as a group. Uh, and yeah, and the Canucks have never lost to Seattle in this building, Climate Pledge Arena. So I'm tempted. Uh, it's, it's Vancouver a pass for me. I'm not ready to lay a price with Seattle. I know they beat up on Buffalo uh, in their last home game, uh, five to one. But keep in mind, it was a miserable spot for Buffalo, end of a very long, very, but very successful road trip. And you clearly saw that the Sabres hit a wall uh, in that game. Not to take everything away from the Kraken, but it's still a team that's played pretty uneven hockey, three and five uh, this year. Um, you know, the Canucks, they're going to win eventually. And at least in the uh, Carolina game, 3-2 loss, it was a better performance from Thatcher Demko. I think that's the one thing you can be, uh, you know, optimistic about. Uh, he definitely played better in net. And still, you're talking about Thatcher Demko in a battle in net against Martin Jones, uh, who's going to be starting once again for Seattle. You absolutely have to give uh, Demko a little bit uh, of an edge there in terms of the uh, goaltending battle. So, I am going to have a small shekel or two on the Canucks. Probably nothing more than that because the confidence is just so damn uh, at an all-time low for this team uh, right now. And they are banged up beyond belief, as we've talked about on the blue line, with Tucker Pullman, Travis Dermott, Quinn Hughes all on IR, and Riley Stillman day-to-day -day on that blue line. But you know, I think this could be as good a chance as they've had in a while to finally snap this losing streak, get their first win of the season. Uh, and I think if you're going to look at player prop tonight, for them, it would be Kuzmenko. I think he's uh, due uh, to find the back of the net. They expect offense from him. It really hasn't been there, but the chances uh, have been there uh, for him. As far as Seattle goes in terms of their offense, there's really a lot of options you can go with. They've moved Everly up to the uh, top line. Uh, so, you know, he hasn't scored yet this season, but obviously now if he's going to play on the top line for Seattle, he's going to get more of an opportunity 
uh, in this game to put pucks in uh, and maybe have the chance to uh, do that. Uh, his prop in this game is uh, plus 310, plus 330 in some spots. Again, we're talking about Jordan Eberle playing on the top line, getting a plus 300, plus 330 price. It's really a solid uh, number there. Uh, even Jaden Schwartz on the top line is plus 300 in some spots for Seattle. And this is a guy that's been able to find the back of the net so far this year. Three goals uh, with uh, multiple, yeah, three goals, three assists. And same with uh, Matty Beneers, who we've talked about many times. And he scored the other night for Seattle. You can still get him as high as plus 270, you know, in some spots to score a goal. So any op, any of those cracking uh, top line players, you know, I think are probably worth a look. And then it goes without saying, Bjorkstrand and, uh, you know, Burakovsky are always a threat most nights to find the back of the net as well. Although the price not nearly as good on Burakovsky, plus 250 is what we're looking at there. It still might be worth a look. What do you think here, Keith, Vancouver, Seattle? Yeah, I mean, I would love to be a fly on the wall in those rooms in Vancouver right now. Because, again, is it the ownership group? Is it the GM? Is it the coach? I mean, the coach is really, really good. Is it someone's just putting too much pressure on him? Are they not letting him do what they're what he needs to do? Are the handcuffs too tight? Like, what is going on? But also, too, if you if you look at their team, like, I, I look up their roster. I don't know where half the guys even came from. Like, I feel bad that, I mean, Brock Besser's injured right now. That doesn't help. You know, he shoots the puck a lot. He has a good opportunity to score on any given night. You have Horvat, Horvat and, and, and Pedersen. But some of these guys, like, there's no depth there. So, again, bringing it back to, like, what Winnipeg does, it's like, how are you elevating your third and fourth line, your second and first line, and providing complementary players that can help add to offense there? Um, so, I mean, on my side, like, McCann scored, uh, I think, the last three games. So you can look at him for plus 210. In and around there um but yeah i mean as far like i no sides on this if anything i'd probably just ride seattle um you know they just beat buffalo scoring five goals that probably brings a little bit of a boost to to the club and the guys um again is is vancouver gonna put up three and it goes over or are they gonna lay an egg or put up one and it stays under i think that'll be to be determined tonight but it's uh yeah these two teams there's no reliability within either uh within either lineup so it's it's tough to lay anything on these on these teams vancouver's trended over the total in their games on the road uh this year the edmonton road game to open the year went over the total washington vancouver over the total columbus minnesota road games for vancouver also went over the total as well the only road game on that road trip previously this year philly and philly's dragging everyone into low-scoring games, uh, a more of a defensive focus there. So the over does – I do think the over could get there here tonight. With Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, like when Tyler Myers is still on your first D pairing, you got something wrong. Like, well, like <laughs> it's, it's Bambi on skates, honestly. It's a joke. Like going to the game, paying to watch that guy play is an embarrassment. And for Vancouver <laughs> to pick him up because he's from out there, right? I think he played Kelowna Rockets. It's like – Man, you're six six, and you play like you're five six, one fifty, and it's embarrassing. Like hit someone, like you're the size of Chara, and Chara was an intimidator. Like get a little bit of a backbone, get an edge to you, and start knocking some guys around. There it is, Tyler Myers, aka Bambi <laughs> on skates, says our guy Keith. You know what? I find there are times that he's not throwing that weight around and using that big frame enough uh, for a guy that is, looks like a giraffe. 
you know, out there on yeah. the ice. That's what he looks like, uh, Tyler Myers. He should be a menace most he, nights. He might have one of the weakest sticks in the league. Like longest seven seven foot stick, but like weak. Yeah. Like extremely weak. And he needs to be even better now because the 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 play, the defensive play of his defense partner who has been in the league forever, Oliver Ekman Larson, as Don Cherry called him, Oliver Lawson Tossum. Uh, you know, he it's declined significantly. I can't explain anymore how uh, much his game has fallen off. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson here. Uh, just breaking down left and right, losing forwards and coverage in the D zone, uh, just bad turnovers. I mean, it's been the gamut for him. Uh, no question about that. So um, terrible defensively for much of the season, the Vancouver Canucks. And that's kind of why we think this game could go over the total as well. 5-2, by the way, the final score in the last three meetings between the Canucks and the Kraken. All right, Keith's hometown team. Here they are, the Winnipeg oh. Jets taking on the L.A. Kings. Uh, he may not be taking the plus 120 uh, with the uh, Jets here, Keith. Just a hunch. Uh, L.A. minus 140, uh, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, I don't have a strong side or total opinion uh, on this game. Uh, the Jets are one of those teams that, look, they're 3-3. Three and three. They're one of those teams that off a loss, you may want to back them. Off a win, I don't want to back them as much. I mean, we've seen them off a win this year, 0-2. They beat the Rangers. They lost the next time out against Dallas. They beat Colorado in overtime. Uh, and they lost to Vegas the next time out. They shut out St. Louis in their last game, 4 nothing. Can they follow that up here uh, against the LA Kings? Uh, that ends up being the question here, uh, and uh, we'll see if that can be done. LA, I'll tell you what, very impressed with their win against Tampa Bay because that was not a great spot for them off a long road trip. Uh, arrested Tampa Bay team, and the Kings played a great game. No question about that. I lean LA here. I think LA is the better of these two teams. Do I want to lay a buck forty? Am I rushing to lay a buck forty? No. Uh, but at the same time, not sure I would uh, be interested in Winnipeg here, as I do think the Kings are the better of these two teams. So I would lean a little bit to LA here, minus one forty. As far as the props go, I'd consider Appleton because he's been moved up to the top line for Winnipeg. That's he hasn't produced yet in that spot, but. Again, you're still going to get the great prices uh, with him on the uh, top line. And for L.A., you know who it is. It's Gabe Velarde, folks. I mean, uh, this guy just continues to be uh, terrific. Five goals, four assists. Got another goal the other night in the victory uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The guy's healthy. He's showing you why he was a first-round pick. And now uh, we can finally rest assured and, and, and relax and breathe. You know, everyone's saying what a bust he was, a terrible draft pick, flop, and all this bullshit. Can we, get, can we let a guy get healthy first? Can we let a guy get some games under his belt in the National Hockey League before we write off his fucking career? Can we do that? Holy goodness. I mean, come on. I mean, we just jumped to the, the gun there with Gabe Velarde. I was very agitated hearing that rhetoric uh, last year and going into this year. Uh, and he's plus 325 in some spots to score a goal tonight. And he's already got five on the year. So you can rest assured I will be looking at another Gabe Velarde prop little sprinkle on Kaliev as well for LA but what do you think here Keith Jets Kings well I mean if you look at the what I said earlier with bonus being big on defense they're one and four over under and you got LA's that's uh, six and one over under right so I think it's no surprise you could probably lean under for a lot of these um, just because they are going to play decent defense and they're not going to be able to score often I mean right now who do you have you have Jock uh, Josh Morrissey, that's leading the team, and Cole Perfetti. Again, when those two guys are leading your team, you probably have 
problems, right? <laughs> Wheeler got the C strip for a reason. Um, he can take a one-way ticket out of Winnipeg at any time. Thank you for um, not contributing. But thanks for thanks for a quick little. Thanks stop for your here. years of service, but you suck yeah. now. Get the hell out! Yeah, that's what you're you saying. know. You got you got Connor, who had over forty goals last year, probably on pace for fifty. Everyone big hype, right? One goal, six games. That's extremely tough. You have Shifley with four goals in six games, no assists. Like it's it's just like what kind of mess is going on here right now? Um, and then on on the flip side, you have LA that's probably prospering a little bit more, right? You have Younger guys like Velarde stepping up. You have Kempe that's that's almost at a goal a game. Uh, Kopitar's an assist machine, so look for props. Kopitar over assists. I think it's um, uh, it's it's not quite plus money, but might be even. You have Fiala, so that that whole first line, like that's a good first line. Fiala's good player. Kempe's a good player. Um, Kopitar uh, has has always been good, like under the under the radar, like really sick, good dynamic player. Um, you know, obviously LA hasn't had a lot of success in, in recent years, but he's been good stay at home guy. That's, uh, that they've kind of built the franchise around and they're never going to win a Stanley cup in, in the near future, but they're going to be competitive and they're a tough team to play against. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as like sides, I would probably lean more LA, um, and then total I'd be under. Lean LA leaning under as well. And Kopitar assist. Is that what you said for the prop? Yeah. Yeah, that's minus 120 to minus 125 is what we're looking at that uh, price, which isn't bad because he's usually factoring in uh, on a lot of what the LA Kings do on the offensive side of things. All right, final game of this massive 10-game Thursday slate, Toronto, Maple Leafs, San Jose Sharks, uh, Leafs minus 225, rather, uh, road favorites here, six and a half the total in this game. Um Certainly, I would expect Toronto to be a whole hell of a lot better than they were against Vegas. That was not a good game by their standards. Uh, we were watching that on Monday night, Keith. It was it got away from them. They, they had these breakdowns left and right. Ilya Samsonov, you know, had to come to the rescue a bunch of times for the Leafs uh, in that game, or else things really could have gotten out of hand. I mean, uh, Sheldon Keith mentioned it in the press conference. They didn't come out ready to play. They didn't start the game strong in any of the periods uh, in that game. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, change that here. Uh, they've had a couple of days off now. Uh, you know, again, as this road trip continues for them, it started in Vegas. Now they're going to roll through. Uh, actually, it started in Winnipeg where they got the win. They lost in Vegas. Now they're going to do the three-game California sojourn, San Jose, and then they're going to go through L.A. and Anaheim uh, over the weekend. But, you know, to me, I expect the Leafs to be good early. This is kind of – and remember, I cashed a pair of tickets with Vegas against San Jose uh, the other night and took uh, Vegas first period puck line minus a half plus 150 on Tuesday, uh, and also Vegas in regulation. Both got it done uh, in that game, winning 4-2. to two. I think a similar bet is worth it here with Toronto. You know I'm not a big Toronto fan. I don't bet, bet Toronto a, a ton, and you usually don't get value with Toronto, but I think you're going to get a bounce-back effort. And look, if you're Toronto, you're off a bad game. You, if you damn well show up to play tonight, you're, you'll beat San Jose. Because anybody that's better than San Jose and doesn't take them for granted and doesn't take them lightly will beat San Jose. So the Leafs should absolutely, in my opinion, beat San Jose tonight. They should be focused, ready to go. That was a horrible uh, start to the period in every game for the Leafs was horseshit the other night. Horseshit uh, against Vegas. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, they know they got to start periods better than that. Uh, here tonight against this struggling Sharks team. So I'm going to go with Toronto first period puck line, just like I had Vegas first period puck line against San Jose. 
I'm going to do that here with Toronto. Minus a half, plus 130, plus 135. First period puck line, Toronto. And I'm also going to go with Toronto. Uh, I'm going to see what the uh, regulation price is. If it's too big, I might stay off that uh, and go puck line instead. Um, but uh, right now it looks like regulation for the Leafs is Pinnacle's got it at minus 135. I'll still do that rather than the puck line. If, if you think that's too pricey for your liking, I wouldn't talk you out of the minus one and a half full game puck line, which is plus 120. Uh, that's also a decent option. But I think the Leafs bounce back here. Rested, uh, a chance to shake off that horrible effort against Vegas, a team they should beat, a team that any superior motivated team, focused team, uh, any team that shows up like that, they will beat them. Uh, beat San Jose, and I think the Leafs will do that here tonight. As far as props go, we've got some good situations here. We do, and I also like the over a little bit in this game at 6.5, just because we have Eric Schalgren uh, starting a net for the uh, Leafs instead of Samsonov. They could play tighter defensively, though, in front of this guy. That's the one thing that does concern you. They actually really even commit even harder to defensive hockey tonight for Shalgren. So that would be the one thing I'd be concerned about with the over, but I'll still lean that way. But as far as props go, we've got good situations. For Toronto, we've got a big change in the lineup. Sheldon Keith is putting his lines in a blender and shaking them up. Alex Kerfoot is moving up to the top line tonight with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. And that is one of those classic situations. Player elevated up the lineup, particularly to the top line. We must bet that player to score. It's just, you're not, like, it is insane. You've got Marner at plus 180 to score tonight. You've got Matthews at minus 140, minus 145 to score a goal tonight. They're on the top line. Well, so is Alex Kerfoot now, who's going to play on that top line. You know what he is to score a goal tonight? Plus 390 in some spots. And he's on that top line. So Alex Kerfoot, even Alex Kerfoot to get a point probably is worth a look tonight as well because he's probably going to try to feed Matthews and Marner who are both kind of struggling right now try to feed them the puck a lot so Kerfoot props hell yes as far as I'm concerned Nick Robertson is worth a look again I think this is the night where he could find the back of the net again he had that great beautiful wonderful plus 550 goal uh, for us against Dallas he hasn't scored since but I think tonight against a weaker San Jose team uh, you're going to see uh, Nick Robertson come back to the forefront, plus 340, plus 350 at some books for him to score a goal tonight uh, in this game. And for San Jose, you know, I wouldn't argue with, you know, uh, the, the usual suspects, if you will, Timo Meyer, uh, Tomas Hurdle, uh, Logan Couture, uh, any of those guys capable of scoring a goal. But we've got a situation where we've got a guy playing his former team, Alexander Barabanov here for San Jose. He was in the Leafs organization. Most of his time was with the Marlies, but he did play a few games at least uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, a couple of years ago. And he gets a chance to face his former team. And he is playing on the second line for the San Jose Sharks with Logan Couture and Matt Nieto. Now the catch to this is he hasn't scored yet this year. So this is more of a hunch play with his goal scorer prop tonight, Barabanov. But no goals on the season. But he is on the second line. He is facing his former team. You always get fired up. And I think with Barabanov to score tonight... Uh, at plus, you know, 400 in some spots, plus 380 to plus 400 to score a goal. It's worth a look in that with that prop. Uh, what do you like in here, Keith? Final game, Toronto, San Jose. Yeah, so again, this is an interesting one, right? Because a lot of Leafs fans, um, they're, they're thinking like the Leafs score, right? You have Matthews with one goal in seven games. What's going on, right? How many did he score? He had 60 goals last year. Um, you have Tavares and that Nylander line, and they were playing with Bunting, 
and really, really good line. Um, so I'm surprised that they didn't put Roberts into the third line and keep bunting with those guys. Because every time Nylander scores, Tavares is getting an assist. So I would say look at Tavares for assist over. Um, also, too, Morgan Riley. Look for him assist over as well. Um, I would lean more under. Like San Jose, they like if there's a team that maybe averages less than Rick Bonus, it's probably San Jose. Um, so look for them under because the Leafs are struggling to score right now. Um, San Jose never really scores. So definitely lean under sidewise. Yeah. Take the Leafs, you know, they're doing their California trip, probably having some fun down there. Um, having a good time on the beach and whatnot. San Jose, the shark tank, it used to be a really hard place to play in. I find that, um, it's not as much as what it used to be back when Joe Thornton and, and all those guys, Brent Burns were there. Like it was a, it was the shark tank for a reason. Now I don't, I think the team's quite a bit softer now. Um, it's definitely winnable hence hence they're 0 and 4 at home this year. So lean the Leafs, I lean under and uh, a couple props there. Awesome stuff. Uh, wow. What a debut for Keith Grondon here on the uh, Ice Guys show. Well, you've been on the BetCast. Like I said, you were on a couple of our live BetCasts during the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. But this was your first time actually breaking down an entire card every single game uh, on the Daily Show. Not a bad first effort, my friend. This is your player tryout, if you will, uh, no, today. Thanks. You did pretty good. We got nothing no, to say. great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> little nervous over here not used to talking in front of so many people let alone um like yourself yeah, you'll so, loosen up um, we'll have you back on a bunch and yeah you'll loosen up you'll get more uh, used to it i like that you got fire takes you're throwing tyler myers under the bus throwing the winnipeg jets <laughs> under the bus it's good shit. yeah I like so I, I i wish there was a prop right now for guys not to be scoring goals because i'd be hammering those props connor matthews some of those other guys so it's it's unfortunate that the betting markets don't let us do that but yeah, the, no, uh, it, it is. It, it's uh, it, it, I, I, you're right. The I wish we would see that. You're right. No yeah. to score a goal. You know, yeah, I, was, we never see that. It's always goal yeah. score prop. You, you can only bet that they will score a goal. There isn't yeah. an option that not to score a goal for. I'd love to see that. That's a great point. I wish. I don't think there'd be much value in that, but I mean, you put uh, you parlay a couple guys together and yeah. and make it two, three, four, five to one, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You're always going to have hefty, lofty prices for that. And I think that's probably what books get shied away maybe from uh, offering those uh, kind of props. No question. Speaking of PTO, it's funny. And I posted this on Twitter earlier today. I actually got a DM yesterday from someone that's playing pro hockey right now in Europe. Apparently got wind of our show because I posted on all social media platforms and says, I want to get into sports betting because I'm thinking I may not play hockey much longer, maybe another year at the most. And says, I want to get into sports betting. You know, I've been doing it for four years and i want to prove myself that i'm good at it you know how can i do that and i'm like thinking well i guess this one might have to offer this guy an ice guys pto first ever a player yeah. tryout i'm on the show let's see what you got you know you played hockey but now you want to get into betting let's see what you got uh, here in terms of the, your, your acumen so uh pretty interesting that i got that kind of a message out of the blue for sure and and i saw a comment earlier of um because obviously we, we, we we've been hammering unders today uh, and claudio asked why why are so many total six and a half and so many games going under um that's just the betting markets i find that you know growing up a lot of them were five five and a half now the league has kind of moved to six six and a half so you see the odd game that's five and a half 
typically you'll you'll take it over but a lot of these times you'll see six and a half even sevens and like to score seven eight goals seven goals for it to be a push is is a decent amount um but yeah i mean to get eight goals to win that so that's where you can kind of uh fade the market a little bit right like i think that edmonton st louis was like seven goals it was two nothing game yeah yeah, seven, for, especially when you're still talking about, especially in a spot where you know the team might commit to better defense. And Jay Woodcroft was kind of saying prior to that Saturday game, St. Louis Edmonton, we need to tighten up a little bit. They did. They didn't win the game, but they did play better defensive hockey, no question. And uh, you can take advantage of some of those uh, opportunities. And you're right, the baseline totals in NHL games now are six, six and a half, way more than five and a half, which is what they were, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, so yeah. interesting to see. And again, last night, what did we see? Three games all under the total. Three and out of the under last night. So let's see now if they've adjusted these totals too high. And as you could tell tonight, I like a couple of unders. I actually think a couple of these yeah. games will stay under, especially that Florida-Philly game. That's probably my favorite under uh, of the entire card tonight, uh, that uh, there probably will be a few unders tonight. So I'm, I'm trying to be a little more picky when it comes yeah. to overs well, tonight. Yeah, you look at you look at last night. Last night was an undercard. I hit all three games under solo, and then I parlayed them all just for some fun, and everything came through right. So, some, some yeah. every once in a while, a, a squirrel finds a nut, and that was me last night. <laughs> well, even for me, like and Alex too. Uh, we've said this. We've been doing this for 10, 12 years. We're still evolving. We're still learning. You never stop learning, no matter how many years you've been doing this. And that's the thing you always have to keep in mind whenever you're attacking the betting board uh, on a daily basis. All right, we're going to wrap the show up with best bets in just a second. Before we do that, a reminder, patreon.com slash ice guys. Uh, check it out there, $10 a month. We've got the daily betting card for the show. Uh, we've got our ice guys uh, videos, podcast links, uh, goalie charts, uh, totals charts, power ratings, you name it, uh, all there. And our first bonus video content segment we did with Jay Rosehill earlier this week. So make sure you check that out, patreon.com slash iceguys. Great content there. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Thursday edition. Keith, let's start with you. Best bet. Oh, man. Um, best bet of the night, uh, Boston-Detroit over. All right, Boston-Detroit to go over the total there, six and a half. Uh, actually, there is a six out there. We'll give you a six because Bet Online has over six minus one twenty-three. Uh, so we'll give you that. Boston, Detroit, uh, over six minus one twenty-three for Keith Rondon. His best bet for tonight. Uh, my best bet for the uh, night. I'm going to go with Toronto first period puck line uh, against San Jose. I like that one quite a bit. Jump on this San Jose team. You're rested. Nobody was happy with that effort against Vegas the other night. Piss poor, if you ask me. I think you're going to see a better uh, early, a better start. And the thing that really hurt Toronto against Vegas was bad starts to the period. The first period, give up an early goal quickly and take a bad penalty. Third period, give up two quick goals. They emphasized a better start to the periods. And I think you're going to see that here. Uh, it's a great situational bet. Taking the step down in class, going from playing Vegas to San Jose. Again, superior teams that come ready to play San Jose will beat San Jose during the course of the season. So Toronto Maple Leafs first period puck line minus a half plus 135. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this uh, Thursday uh, NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. 213 live viewers. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Hope to have Alex B. Smith back with us tomorrow uh, on the show. And we'll have Keith back on the show 
uh, many times. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Whenever he can manage it. Absolutely. A great stuff. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, Keith Grondon, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Uh, enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 